This is Authors in Focus. Hi, I'm James Reed, fantasy author publishing under JMD Reed. The first volume of my epic 12-book fantasy series, Shadow of the Dragon, is available for purchase. Check out Foundation of Courage. Today, I'm joined by Elizabeth Lavender. She's the author of The Spinning Deception, book one of the Sunspear series. How are you doing today, Elizabeth? I'm good, thank you. All right, I um, always like to start out the uh, interview with a fun question. So are you a uh, morning person or an evening person? An evening person, definitely. That explains uh, the time we're doing this interview. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly well that's one of the reasons that i work during the day so but i'm a, totally a night owl yeah i only like recording interviews this late when it's like someone over in england or something <laughs> it's like when it's their morning or whatever yeah sorry about that but <laughs> oh it's fine i'm on the west coast so it's like only 6 30 for me. it's usually like they pick earlier towards my start window anyways uh so how long have you wanted to be an author elizabeth um, honestly, I'm not an author by trade. Um, I'm a counselor. So it was one of those cases, my day job is a counselor, and it was one of those cases where the story came first. And so I just decided I need to write the story down. And so there was never anywhere in my mind where I was like, well, I want to be a writer one day. Um, so the story came first, and then when I wrote the story, it was like, oh, wow, I just wrote a book. So, um, so I know that's not how this supposed to go but that's how it did in my case i mean it happens ever heard about like how john grisham how he wrote his first novel no i actually haven't so yeah it was just like that he's like i just said he just had an idea for a story and then he never even thought he would publish it he thought he would just like set the manuscript on his desk and those clients would come in and be like oh that's the novel i wrote no biggie right and um now it's like 30 years later and he's still writing novels i guess he gave up practicing a lot of years ago yeah, so, well, I don't think I'm quite there, anywhere near there yet. <laughs> no, no, he got, yeah, he got that lucky break and he got the publishing and then, uh, you know, he got put in every airport, you know, bookstore. And then all those poor people with, you know, before smartphones, they're like, got to read a book. So that's all there is to do at the airport before your exactly. smartphones were invented. So uh, let's talk about your novel. So it is The Spinning Deception is the one you were talking about that just came to you? Yeah, well, actually, the first and the second book were going to be one book together. Yeah, I initially wrote them together, and then once I realized how big of a book it was together, I was like, I can't keep this one because, I mean, if you're already an established author and everything, then, and people enjoy your work, then they'll just keep, hope, you know, hopefully, like, like they did with him, they'll just keep buying your stuff because they know they trust the author um, but in this case, you know, it, it would be by first book. And so if they looked at like a 500 page book, they might be horrified as far as like just taking a chance on a new author like that. So when I realized how much it was going to be as a first time author, I knew that there was no way that um, I could do it like that. I needed to split it. So I had to find a good place to split it. And that's what I did. So initially, yes, the first and second book were actually one. Yeah, no, that was me and my first novel. I was I had an outline, and I got halfway through my outline, and I was like, 
this is like pretty long. <laughs> I need to split this. And then I realized I had a good place to split it right there. I had to just shuffle some things around. Like I wanted to, I didn't want to extend this sort of emotional conflict farther into the, it was supposed to go longer into what it would have been the middle of the next book. So I decided to just close that up here at the end of the first book and just go with the second book. But yeah, no, that's, yeah, I understand that. And then uh, I'm on my series I'm publishing right now. Like I outlined the book and I was like, this is either going to be a really, like the series will either have really long books or I'm going to break this up into like three novels. And then I ended up breaking up into three novels. So I know I keep wanting to, I haven't had a chance to get into your stuff yet, but I do want to read lists, you know, keeps getting longer and longer. It's, it's one of those things with being an author. You see other people's stuff that you really want to get into, but yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah, no, I understand. Your your book's actually on my TBR list. It's like, uh, apparently I bought it back in January. So when I was doing my prep for this, I was like, here's your book. And I click on it, it's like, oh, I already bought this like six months ago. Yeah, I've done that quite a few times. So, so uh, let's talk about the uh, spinning of deception, uh, which is about Dante. And he's not about to let the galaxy be conquered by evil. And um, it's a blend of fantasy and science fiction, yes? Yes, yes. It, it has its feet in both both genres. So it couldn't really make up its mind where it wanted to be. So, All right. Well, let's talk about Dante. What makes him a really like great character to follow? Well, he's pretty divided as far as his loyalty. Well, his loyalty is, is definitely on the, on the one side, but his father is fighting on the other side. And once you get into the book, you'll find out exactly how that happened. And that has to do with an event that's in the past. Um, and the way that have, event has been portrayed by the Dark Lord, and that's um, the one that uh, his father serves now. And so that part is a really important um, element of the story. Um, so he's kind of torn, because well, he is torn, because he's fighting to defend the galaxy against the very person that raised him. And so he sees all these things happen, and even though he's not the cause of it, just the fact that his father is a part of it, there's a lot of guilt that comes with that because he knows that his family is a part of what's happening. So, Gotcha. That does sound like a good character to follow. So um, he's conflicted. His dad's a bad guy. That's definitely a lot of potential for storytelling. Sort of what is our sort of inciting incident? What kind of kicks off your story? Well, the colonies are being attacked, but while we have Dante on that side that's trying to fight against that, um, on the other side of the galaxy, we're told that there is a girl, and she is um, she is also being trained as a sun spear fighter, just like Dante is being trained. But her situation is a lot different. She is very mysterious, and we're not given a lot of details exactly who she is. Well, we're actually not told at all who she is. Um, and there's a reason for that as you get further into the story. Um, but she's trained in secret, and we're going to find out that that has a lot to do with her family because her one of her family members is basically serving both sides, or he's acting like he's on both sides. And it's very apparent as we get into the story exactly which side he is serving. So in order to still train her but to protect her, um, that's the way she's being trained. But she also has a gift of visions. And we find that she gets a specific vision, and it has to do with Dante and that past event. And so that's basically what propels the story. 
and the rest of the, some of the events. And because of that vision, it puts Dante having to do a task, and it puts a lot of other things into motion. Okay, okay. Uh, what's the character's name? Actually, she's just called the girl for two books because okay. who she actually is and her real name will not be revealed until the very last book in the entire series. No, I mean, no. Names throughout the book, but a lot of it is because she has to infiltrate the Black Dragon a lot of times. She has a shipping cover that she uses sometimes, so she just basically goes between different names in order to do that. But um, So she's, she has an assortment of names. But who she really is, um, we don't find out. You said this sort of came to you one day. Was it like dream, when you're driving, are you pretending to work, but really playing solitaire? <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not much on that. Like when I'm at work, they keep me pretty busy, so I can't. I can't do that one. Um, well, it really came from a lot of different influences. Um, like I'm. I'm a big Star Wars fan, but. Um, I really, there's been other influence as far as, like, the sci-fi part of me, um, because I like Star Trek, and um, actually, when I was a kid, there was a series called Buck Rogers. I used to love that series, Um, so my sci-fi part of me came from a lot of different elements, and then the fantasy part, um, I'm a big Tolkien fan, and then there was another series called... The Chronicles of Hiram by uh, Lloyd Alexander. And I loved the hero and the interplay between all the characters in that. So the storyline itself is a big mixture of just a lot of different influences. Um, another book that comes to mind, storyline, is The Count of Monte Cristo. I don't know if you've ever read that one, but just... Um, it's the guy who pretends he's a count to go on revenge at Sutton France, yes, right? Yeah, the whole revenge. Like, uh, it's like, um, Hugo, right? Yeah, yeah. Victor so Hugo? Yeah. Hugo is, um, Les Mis. Les Miserables. Oh, okay. Um, Alexander Dumas? But I really like that one, too. I love the concepts of mercy and, and grace that comes. So that, that has a huge influence on my stuff. But the whole concept of the revenge thing, but the way the count did it, the deception, the way he found people's weaknesses, and he targeted that. So he didn't come at them with just like a blade or something. He found like how to hurt them by finding their secret and then attacking them like that. That is a lot of the way the Dark Lord operates. Like I said, there's a lot of different influences that just kind of tied together. So uh, you said you were a counselor. Did uh, your profession have any um, effect on the story? Yes, it definitely did. Um, so that's the other thing about the stories, the storyline. Um, even though it has a lot of, like, the the sun spears and it has the blaster fights and all the stuff that you would normally um, see in a fantasy and a sci-fi thing, the big thing about it is there's an underlining battle that is always present through it. Um, the girl has a ton of like inner demons that just plague her because of her past. And when you read through the story, you'll see that. And Dante kind of shoulders a lot of stuff because he's fighting like against his dad. Um, But a lot of the battlefields that come in this, they're not the traditional ones. They're more of inner battles that they have to sort out. And those end up being the ones that are 10 times worse a lot of times 
than the ones with the blade. So the counseling one is definitely there because I put them through so much, like mentally, emotionally, and the head games that the Dark Lord plays with them. Okay, okay. So what type of counseling do you do? Just I um, help find people find employment like normally, but I also I have my licensed professional counseling, so I could do marriage and individual counseling. And so I just kind of, I do it, pretty much do everything, like, because my training necessitates that I can do. No, I gotcha. Okay, so I'm just, I've never heard of um, sort of a job counselor, I guess. Yeah. Uh, how, I'm just curious, like, what, what uh, well, exactly we, what does that entail? Yeah, well, we help people find employment, employment, but a lot of times when people come in, the reason they can't find an em- employment is because there's a lot of other barriers that have gotten in their way why they can't. So it's not just they can't find a job. It's um, there's other issues, maybe like there's like back, like inside, you know, and it's not just they can't find a job. It's um, once you start talking to them and they get to you build rapport with people, then they'll start telling you other things that um, is happening in their world. And so that's, you know, like with anything, once you take the time up with someone, then then they're willing to um, open up to you. So. Okay. Cool. Yeah. I'm. Uh, I remember hating looking for a job. I was always so lazy about it. I think the last time I got on unemployment, I was like, oh yeah, let's just pretend to look for a job for six months. It was really sad. And so I just played video games. I usually work with a like a pretty specialized population too, so that makes a difference. Okay. Well, uh, so. You said that you split the book in half. Have you uh, written the second book? Are you writing the second book? Is the second Um, book out? Yeah, the second book is out. The third one is out. And I'm working on the fourth one at the moment. Oh, nice. Okay. You have uh, an ETA on book four? I do not. But the fourth one's going to end with a huge battle. And I am just started writing that battle. So for those people that care about word count, I'm at like 103. So. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah, those those battles can get tricky. They can, but they're so much fun to write. Yeah, especially if you have a lot of POV characters, and you got to, like, what are they all doing, and right. where are they all, and how are they all, like, interacting, and, you know, and how do you pace the flow of the battle? It's, yeah, writing battles is interesting. They're, um, they're like novels all in themselves. They are. They are. So I was so eager to get to the battle part on the fourth book, so we're finally there. Yeah, I think because um, my my first series was epic fantasy, and my last book was three hundred twenty thousand words, um, which I cut down till I cut fifty thousand words out of that because I, I was I I'm a, I was a lot more of a had a lot more redundancy in my earlier stuff than I, I do now. So I was able to just it was just like I was just cutting out little things, and it just added up over a course of three hundred twenty thousand words. Right? You just you you trim like you trim like a couple words is like a paragraph and that adds up on a book that long but um it the final battle was seventy thousand words <laughs> yeah and it traumatized me i think my next 13 books none of them had like complicated battles yeah well, my they're second, all very yeah, they're all like more low scale stories yeah my second book ends with a really big battle and so that one but it was it was the same way like the battle took a lot of words and stuff so but yeah, that was, was important. That last book really demoralized me writing because it took me forever. It took me, it took me four months to write it. And like when I was three months in, 
which is like already longer than I'd ever written, spent on writing a novel. I was, and I realized I had more to go. I was so like, no, I felt like this book would never end. For me, like the writing part of it, except for the fact that I'm, I'm trying to work like I work full time and, and I, the only writing that I can get done is in the evenings and on the weekends. But as far as the writing, the writing doesn't take me nearly as long as the revising. I have such a hard time revising and cutting stuff out and rewording stuff. But I don't know. I guess I'm, a lot of authors are different. Like they really enjoy the revising part and editing and I'm just not there with that. So no, I really hate that stuff. I find it very boring. Yeah, I'm with you. Like. <laughs> I, I just like my, ADHD. my I'm like I got yeah, no, my, Facebook thing all the, like right now and yeah my ADHD rears its ugly head yeah um, I don't know I usually I actually usually do it like watching documentaries actually and stuff like that not like anything very engrossing but like just something to have in the background maybe I should try that because I'm not ADHD at all but I suddenly become like like that like anything will catch my attention just so I can don't have to edit. Yeah. So I tend to, I tend to do that. Um, but I can't do that while writing, obviously. So yeah. well, I was talking with like, a, like a big author and he was like, he was like, yeah, I just, you know, I'm writing like while watching the hockey game and stuff. I'm like, yeah, you're writing this really complicated fantasy while watching hockey. All right. I can actually do that while like, I can have the TV blasting and my kids talking and my husband talking and like I can totally write while like chaos is going on around me. But when I'm editing and stuff, I have to have complete quiet because I just I can't stand it so much. So no, I can't. I need. Well, I can write with chaos as long as it's not distracting chaos. Or I'll just put headphones on and then I'll just and I'll listen to music. Yeah. Uh, yeah block out a lot when I'm writing but because I just get into my world and I can block out whatever but when I'm editing yeah I just I need to get into that like so so if I have like distractions when I'm just starting in it's annoying and like once I kind of get into the groove like after about five minutes or something then I'm in the groove and then it doesn't matter but yeah so uh why don't you uh, let our listeners know where they can connect with you on social media um, I am pretty much on most of them. Um, I don't know how well I do it at most of them, but I'm there. Um, I'm on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and then I have my webpage. And my webpage pretty much has, oh, and I'm on BookBub, Goodreads, all those. Um, so pretty much if you go to my webpage, it has links to all the rest of it. So my webpage is elizabethlavender.net. And so, like I said, if you go to that one, it'll take you to all the rest of them. Awesome. Well, it was really great chatting with you, Elizabeth. It was fun chatting with you, too, James. Have yourself a great day. All right. You, too. This has been Authors in Focus. You can find my fantasy novels on Amazon. Follow news of my writing at my blog, jmd-read.com. And follow me on Twitter at JMD Read. You can also join my reader group on Facebook, Fantastical Worlds of the Imagination. You can find more episodes of the podcast at fantasy-focus.com and wherever your favorite podcast is hosted.